For those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace. From God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this 11th Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel for today. You heard it read before. From Luke chapter 13, I recall just these words. Someone asked him, Sir, are only a few people going to be saved? He answered, Try hard to enter through the narrow door. I can guarantee that many will try to enter, but they won't succeed. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who lived, died, rose again, that we might live with him forever, my beloved. In this cur current world in which we are living, how far removed are things from uh, the days when I first graduated from the seminary. We were taught uh, an evangelism technique. Uh, you were to go and canvas the neighborhood, knock on doors, <coughs> If anybody opened the door, you introduce yourself as to uh, which congregation you're from, and then you ask the question, if you were to die today, do you know for sure where you will be? Back in the 70s, and now I'm dating myself, you could assume that many people still believed in heaven and hell. Today, you try that same... Uh, Technique, they'll probably slam the door in your face or say something like, so what do I care? You don't have to talk to me about this afterlife stuff. Of course, a technique like that sometimes can uh, backfire too. True story, four seminary students were uh, traveling back to the SEM after vacation and they picked up uh, a lady hitchhiker. Never hitchhike, don't pick up hitchhikers. But they picked her up, and uh, they tried out the evangelism technique on her. They said, uh, uh, if you were to die tonight, do you know for sure where you would be? Later on, after the trip was over, they dropped her off. She immediately went to the sheriff's department and, and reported that there were four guys in the car that thought they were gonna, uh, planning on killing her. In a secular world in which we live today, there's a whole lot of people that uh, say they are spiritual. But they haven't looked deeply enough into the word of truth to find out that truly there is a heaven and there is a hell. Now, the man, whoever he was that posed this question to Jesus, believed in a heaven and a hell. He was a believer, and so he asked Jesus, are only a few people going to be saved? I don't know exactly what was the background of his uh, question. Maybe because he was a Jewish person and the Jewish nation was relatively small, he thought only a few people, you know, have that automatic in with God and maybe, maybe only a few people are going to be saved. It's kind of interesting to note that Jesus never answered the question. Rather, what he did is he directed the man to look at himself, to do some uh, soul-searching, and to concern himself with his own personal salvation. 
Jesus' words before us this morning are his direction and encouragement to us to try hard or to struggle to enter the narrow door. Jesus reminds us that following him to heaven is not going to be easy because there are forces all around us that are trying to and in many cases succeed in drawing us off the narrow path to heaven. Now, maybe somebody's looking at me this morning and saying, what's this uh, Pastor Robbie's got on here? I don't know, do any of you have one of these? What it says is, I climbed Luther Tower, Concordia Seminary, St. Louis. Anybody have one of these? Anybody do that? If you ever take a tour of the seminary campus in St. Louis, uh, if you have the courage enough, they encourage you to try to climb the um, bell tower. You get up there, uh, you can see the Carillon, a great view around St. Louis. Problem is, the circular staircase to get up there is very, very narrow. Concrete steps, stone wall on both sides, it's dark. You have to have strong legs. You can't be claustrophobic. And not too portly. When I was going up there, I had to walk sideways sometimes. But the biggest hurdle is that the staircase had only room for one person at a time. So if you were going up, nobody could come down. And vice versa, only room for one person, very narrow. I made it! It wasn't the uh, biggest accomplishment in my life, but it served as a good sermon illustration. Jesus says that the way to salvation, to eternal life, is through a narrow door. The narrow door, of course, is a symbol for Jesus. There's only one door, not many. Jesus is the door. The only way to eternal life is through Jesus, the Son of God, who gave up his life for you. It's a narrow door. It prevents great crowds of people from all entering at the same time. When you enter God's kingdom, you do so one by one. You ever think about that? That each one of you is so individually important to Jesus that for many of us, when you were baptized, that little splash of water in the name of the triune God, and Jesus cupped your face in his hands and says, welcome to my kingdom, one at a time. Becoming a child of God is real easy. God did it, Holy Spirit, little water. Staying and remaining a child of God on a narrow path, now that's really hard. And that's why Jesus told the man, try hard. If you take a look at the original language, it says, struggle Now, we got to say from the outset that Jesus is talking to believers, Christians like you and me, try hard, struggle. If you look at the uh, original, it's got a picture of an athlete, man or woman, struggling like maybe in the weight room, grimacing to, to try to stay in shape for when they take the field. Or I think some of those uh, He-Man events that you see on uh, television, those real mus- muscle-bound guys, and they harness them up on their chest with a harness and a rope, 
and then they see how far they can pull a, a, a tractor uh, tire. As we walk the narrow road to eternal life, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's tugging at us, trying to hold us back from moving forward. All the things of this life tempt us to make them more important than Jesus. I got to pay off that student loan. I got to get that diploma. We got to buy a house. We're planning for early retirement. Got to pay off the mortgage. Got to get the kids raised. Get a job that you really like. Pay off the car loan. Get a job promotion. All that stuff every day tugging at us. I'm the most important. I'm the most important. I'm the most important. And if that's not enough, then there's always the seven deadly sins. I don't know who coined them seven deadly sins years and years ago. That's because uh, they're the sins that uh, perhaps more directly and immediately can lead you to hell. Pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, sloth, idleness. And even if you look at the list and say, ah, I'm not guilty in any of those, Pastor, then that's self-righteousness, and that's a, that's a sin too. The devil, the world, and our sinful flesh tempt us. And uh, I have to remind once again that when the temptations come our way, you know, it's not like, oh, the devil succeeded one day. Oh, that was really good. Uh, and then he tries another thing. The devil's strategy by all those things that he throws at you is to try to lead you back into unbelief. And he doesn't do it all at once. He does it very, very slowly. You heard the story of the, the, the guy who wanted to have frog legs, and he got a live frog. He tr tried to throw it in hot water, and it jumped out. Then he got the idea, oh, put the frog in some cold water. Gradually, he warmed it up little by little. The frog stayed comfortable until all, all of a sudden the water began to boil, and then the frog was boiled. Immediate example, all those nice kids dressed up in white gowns, confirmation. Church, good churchgoers, you know, church every Sunday. All of a sudden they grow up and then, uh, well, you know, I can skip church every once in a while. Oh, maybe once every two months. Nobody notices it. Then once a month. Then uh, once every other week. And then you don't see him at all. And why are we so susceptible to being dragged off the narrow path? Because when you become a Christian, all of a sudden you have two natures. You have that sinful, corrupt, corrupt original sin that you're born with. You're an unbeliever, born as an unbeliever. Through water and the word, you've become a believer. Now you've got two natures inside of you, and they're going to continue to struggle your entire life, saint and sinner at the same time. And I would have to tell you that as long as you struggle, let me tell you, you're in good shape. If the struggle ever stops, one of two things happen. Either um, you'll be turned back into an unbeliever, 
else you died and went to heaven because there's no struggles up there. All your sin is gone uh, completely. Unbelievers do not struggle. Unbelievers wake up, uh, you know, in the fall, unbeliever wakes up at maybe 11.30 in the morning, cracks open his first beer and sits down and watch the Packers. He's not worried about church, doesn't struggle with that. You do. Why? St. Paul sums it up for us very well. Romans chapter 7. <clears throat> we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do for... What I want to do, I don't do. But I do what I hate. And if I do what I don't want to do, I agree that the new law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful flesh. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do I not want I do not want to do, I keep doing this. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it's sin living in me. Then he goes down and he says, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. The first warning in Jesus' words before us this morning, warning to believers. Struggle, try really hard to enter the narrow door. The second warning, struggle real hard right now because one day the door is going to close. One day there will be no more future chances to struggle. And right now, in this life, is the only time of grace that you have to determine your eternal salvation. The faith or lack of faith in your heart right now is going to determine your eternal destination. The faith in your heart right now. And right now, not two weeks ago, not four months ago, the faith in your heart right now and right now. What does Jesus want from us and for us? Simply to love him back for all of the wonderful gifts that only he can provide for us. Body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, reason and all my faculties. Redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. My duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. What does Jesus really want? Just a little more PDA, public display of affection. And how you spend your time and your money is an indicator of your priorities in life. Is Jesus first? All that stuff in life that we're tempted to put in first place. The mortgage, the student loan, the job, the house. All that stuff at the end of time. If it was our only concentration and we placed it first, then Jesus is going to say, I don't know you. 
a warning, an encouragement for us to follow Jesus. Only one lifetime of grace to follow him and be saved. Once you are a Christian, struggle to remain one. So many earthly concerns tempted to draw us away from Jesus. But thanks be to God, Jesus, the only begotten Son of God who was first, became last. So that we sinners who were last might become first. What a wonderful reversal. If you died today, if you died tonight, do you know for sure where you would be? Yes, I do. Because I want to remain like the tax collector. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then, when the door closes, you will be on the inside, along with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets and all those people who came from the north, east, south, and west, believers in Jesus, just waiting to see you for that wonderful family reunion, world without end. Why? Because, by the help of God, you struggled and won. And God granted for Jesus' sake, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time now to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.